This episode was brought to you by Roll20. And remember, you can get 10% off any order at MetallicDiceGames.com using the promo code BROADSQUAD. Hello everyone, this is Victoria and we're doing some Q&A. Q&A. We have questions, we have answers. I mostly have questions. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) I've got like a tickle in the back of my throat. Mm, Drink that away. It's my strawberry wine that I I made. Yay. How it's is- very strong, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we shall see how I am by the end of it. I was going to say, and we're going to be doing this for a while? I don't know. Yeah. Just don't my- let anyone, don't let Victoria have a nap during it. <laughs> yeah, then we'll be good. <laughs> uh, I do like a good nap. Okay, we have a question from Feverwood over on Discord. What was the scariest part of season two? <laughs> Uh, personally, wondering if we were going to ever survive a boat ride. The um, first thing that came to my mind was just boats. Just the yeah. word boats. boats. <laughs> like a real <sighs> visceral fear has become associated just with like yeah. boat travel in D&D now. <laughs> yeah, I... And also boat combat is specifically terrifying because Horrible. you have this fear that if anything happens, you're going to drown. Mm-hmm. So I would say when we engaged in boat combat, that was pretty terrifying. Yeah. I will also say, though, I think there was a deep visceral fear in all of us when we had to fight the dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Also wasn't sure how that was going to resolve itself. Oh, dang. Yeah. Oh, we're actually fighting it? Oh, there's not an escape hatch somewhere? I Wait, I have to know my spells? Mm-hmm. Hold on a second, I have to go study. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh Yeah, there is a there is a, a deep instinctual terror that comes from the dragon's descent. That was a good fight. It was. It was. I liked it was that. really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. But it, I, I do remember that moment where we're all trying to figure out how to run. It was no longer a conversation <laughs> about how do we win, it's how do we escape. <laughs> and then it actually went down. But everyone was like, out, 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 go, go, go. <laughs> all right, we have from Bowman. Can you talk a bit about the swerve the broads took in the episode <laughs> before the finale? What you expected and were expecting to do? And how you manage the curveball. Good right. question. That is a good question. I think this is a question the broads have for me as well. Yeah, yep. with connected. a few other uh, specific details of like what would have happened if we'd mm-hmm. played along. That's really what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> what did we miss? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> what did we miss? Okay. Do y'all? Do you want to know what you missed? Yeah. Yes. Okay, because, so, there's a lot going on there, and um, it goes back eons, I guess, a very long time ago, to when they were all young, including the Raven Queen. And Queen Orphadia and the Raven Queen were in a relationship together. Oh. And then what happened was Seraphil 
didn't want the Raven Queen to become a god, Mm -hmm. so she aided the betrayers. Oh. Okay. Which caused... Yeah, and so, well, um, and which caused pretty essentially, like, the death of the Raven Queen, because what's currently the Raven Queen is a semblance of memories pulled together into a consciousness. So it's a new being. It's not mm. who she originally was. Oh. Um, so Irfania's heart was broken because her lover died essentially Mm -hmm. and even though there's someone with her face it's a memory of a face it's not a the real person Mm -hmm. um and while Mm -hmm. urfania was mourning that's when seraphel took control of the area Mm. Hmm. became the queen of that area so is the betrayer that that like betrayed the Raven Queen way back when and led mm-hmm. to her death. Is that the same betrayer that we're facing now or are those different? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it's the same the same entities, the same peoples. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's such a sad, tragic story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in, so that's what that story was. And so all of that whispering and betrayal and everything is was just, it was about that. And that's how long and old this is and so those bagpipes were Fania's chance. <laughs> oh no! Wow! Oops! Okay, she did act really suspiciously, though. <laughs> she didn't act suspiciously at all. She was very kind. I know. That was so suspicious. <laughs> You can't go about that. Okay. Like I feel like this whole thing is because I had that vision with the dragons and mm-hmm. they made me feel like we'd done the wrong thing. So what were the dragons actually trying to tell me? <laughs> they were just trying to tell they were trying to warn you about the story. Because Urfania, if you had talked to anyone about Urfania and the NPC, if you'd actually gone out and asked anyone. We did a poll. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. But like on their ship, if you had actually like before you went to see this queen, like you would have like asked in the city before you left or anything, done any sort of intelligence. You would have heard rumors and stuff that she was like this horrible, awful human. She's not a human, but uh, she was an elven being um, because history has painted her as the loser and the bad person because Seraphel won. Okay. Um, So what the dragons were talking about were like, it's not as it seems. See, I took that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Um, cool, yeah. Cool. So that's what was going on. Uh, note for listeners: all the broads are looking a little sheepish right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> dragon. So, I actually like. Honestly, I really love the the way that this like panned out because I do think that there's like probably a pretty big communication gap between Mm -hmm. like a council of ancient dragons 
and like a young woman who despite you know like there's there's been adventures she's like what like in her early 20s tops Mm -hmm. and like like drag and like all of us are pretty young and just like dragged into all of these things and like trying to keep a handle but like you can't like that's Mm -hmm. like when political forces are going so i think there's i kind of love the the miscommunication i think it's very (laughs) natural unfortunately very true and Mm -hmm. like yeah and also i think in the end with everything that happened with our decision making it felt like we were reclaiming our own destinies a little bit from these these queens and gods that have been trying to pull Mm -hmm. us in all directions so even though we could have learned more about the situation. I, I still think our decision might have ended up being the same anyways so that we could uh, yeah. still forge and, our own path. And maybe it's a lesson for queens and gods about how you communicate <laughs> with mortals. Yeah, don't be too yeah. nice to them. They cannot don't, handle that. Don't be kind. <laughs> They're very... Well, that's the thing. Like With all this like <laughs> lavish, like really like cool like an actually nice boat i think that originally is like we cannot trust a nice boat we know that all boats are evil and so if the boat is nice to us it must be hiding something and then the dragons were like not all is as it seems i was like i knew it the boat is a lie whoever the boat likes is trying to get you you know, there was a logical train of thought along yeah. the line. Some line. I don't know which, but yeah. <laughs> so back to Bo- Bo's question. What was your actual plan for the finale before we did that? Oh, it was going to be um, controlling a battle again. Yeah. But this time there was going to be flying things. Cool. I feel like I would have been important in this battle. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think some bagpipes would be playing, uh, and there was gonna be like flying griffins and stuff like that, and like griffin mounts. So like Hilarious, you could like fly around in your griffin and cast fireball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's gonna be stuff like that. Well, we've already discovered that Hilarious isn't great with flying. Emotion mm, sick mage is <laughs> by Maypre on a griffin leaping into yeah. enemies. <laughs> yes, um, every opportunity. <laughs> Quick out of character moment. My screen is randomly starting to slowly tint red. So if I disappear, my computer might be having a bit of a problem right now. As okay. a heads up, do we want to stop and save? Redder and redder. I don't know what to do about it. I just wanted to warn you I might disappear. Maybe the monitor? I mean, I don't know. The monitor's just getting more and more red. Do you have a nighttime eye saving app enabled? Not that I know of. And it's really red. <laughs> I, I, it sounds like your monitor's dying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, my brand new monitor. Great. Um, anyways, please resume. I just wanted to give you a warning that I may drop out because I don't know what's happening. I, it seems to have stopped. Like, it's still, it's really red, but it's not getting worse. So. I'm so concerned for you. <laughs> I mean, too. this could quite literally just be a really bad curse. Yeah, what if you're cursed? Mm-hmm. I think I'm cursed, y'all. <laughs> As far as okay. curses go, I feel like this is a mild to moderate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing's I mean, crawled out of your TV. It's just yeah, rad. 
Oh mm-hmm. gosh, don't suggest that. That's terrible. <laughs> I feel like your TV turning red does sound like a predecessor to something crawling Doesn't out of your TV. It? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Now when you disappear, we're gonna be that much more worried for you. <laughs> yeah, so in Bowman, um, as for the last part of how I manage the curveball, well you're gonna have to wait and listen to the season one premiere. Ah! <laughs> or season three premiere, rather. <laughs> you want to go forward in time. Yeah, we yes. do. Not yes. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what was going on there. And I think that answers a lot of your questions, Brad. For, uh, it does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That really did. Ooh, except, except, what would have happened on the other ships if we had taken one of the other boats? Ooh. Okay. So one of the ships was by Sarah Phil. Ooh. Oh, dang. Was that um, the other fancy ish one? Yeah. That was the other fanciest one. Um, and so she would have obviously wanted you to get the bagpipes from Urfanian. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would be like an invasion to get those. And then Urfanian would be painted to be the evil mm-hmm. bad person. That's just how we know. That's just why it's so hard for us to tell who's right and who's not. I know. And then the other one was just a neutral party. Oh, the that's one. the one I wanted. <laughs> yeah, the plain one was just a neutral party that you would have you would have arrived perfectly fine. Dang, that's good to know. <laughs> so lessons learned: don't trust people who are kind. Actually, don't trust anyone unless they have plane boats. Then they're okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's clearly the lesson in all of this. I mean, I think Rafani was trustworthy. But... <gasps> <laughs> that breaks my heart, Rafania's story. And like knowing that our players will never know that. Yeah, our characters won't know. Our characters, yeah. I don't know, you never know. Like it's all if if that's the same betrayer as the one that we accidentally let out of my dad, then you know you never know. But we'll find out. Yeah, potentially. Lines can cross. That we can send her a card. Oh, by the way, we're sorry. <laughs> Thanks for the bagpipes. Smiley face. <laughs> well, they were Keelas to begin with. It's true. Yeah, okay. I guess there's no thank you in that aspect. But like, how about thank you for the hospitality? I just stabbed mm. myself with my fingernail. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the hospitality was pretty good until it got... Disrupted by more boat shit. All right. We have a question from Barla. Have your characters changed since you first created them? And if so, how? I don't think Maypri is very helpful (laughs) anymore. Not that she was helpful before, but it seems just like she's gone from chaotic helpful to chaotic chaotic. Like... (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's been a, a definite change. You say that, but in our second to last episode, Maypri was very much on the side of helping as many innocent people as possible, even though we didn't mm-hmm. end up doing it. That's still what she wanted to do. Okay, that's fair. I guess she has stayed true to that. Then I don't know. Maybe uh, a little bit more sensitive. I feel like she's grown that way. Learned to love her friends. Mm. Yeah. 
I think yeah. so. I think uh, my first impulse is to just answer jokily and say, like, Eulerius is now um, much more accepting of barnyard animals. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's learning to love with Eulerius Jr. and her friends. Um, but I do think, like, I think the end of season two took an interesting turn because I think the arc for Eulerius in season one was, you know, learning to care about someone beyond yourself, um, like creating bonds where there's actually trust with Mm -hmm. other people and sort of taking that risk of like having trust with other people um, and participating in something bigger than yourself. And so like participate, like finding um, her family uh, in like Bron Lee and Kenathar and like trying to go out on a limb to help him and then unleashing something that she wasn't planning on and then being like, Oh shit, like let's try and fix that and find them. Um, I think that was one journey. And I sort of feel like maybe she's regressing a bit by the end of season two, not in, but in like, the frustration of not understanding what the dragons were trying to tell her and then being enlisted into other forces sort of beyond her understanding and her, her, um, um, her active control and sort of feeling like a pawn in these things, I think is, I, I don't want to give spoilers for the, the premiere because I think some of that stuff is encapsulated in that. But I think she's developing a little bit more of an obsession on like knowing people's true motives and trying to get understanding and like not allowing people to use her. Um, and, and sort of, you know, sort of that setting out on our own of like nobody gets to have a say over what we're what we're doing except for us. So I don't know if that's a regression or if that's like a a move in another direction, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting development of like the end of season two. Um, And so you'll just have to stay tuned for the season three premiere for how, how Mm -hmm. we all start dealing with the consequences (laughs) of our decisions. Cause as we all learned in the very beginning of the broadswords, there's always consequences. Always. <laughs> uh, Keela for me has changed a lot more over the course, changed and developed, I should say, a lot more of the course of season two than season one. Uh, when we met her in season one, there was a lot of ways that she was, in a lot of ways she was stuck in her ways. Um, and I mean that in the sense of she had this this goal that she was really clinging on to. She had this person that she lost that she was really clinging on to. She was afraid to get attached because of what she had lost. But by season two, she learned, well, one thing was she she got attached again to Delaries and Maypree. And she developed that trust and that friendship and she let herself need the two of them. And her relationship with this object that she's been searching for, this object of her desire, the bagpipes, her relationship with that has changed. Originally it was, uh, it was something that she just, it was, it was a really singular goal for her. But I Mm -hmm. think as she started to see a lot of things around her, a lot of factors change. And I think that having that, that big battle at the end of season one and everything like that. And then this moment of 
you know, in season two, having the bagpipes and losing them, but also realizing they're part of a bigger, a grander scheme. And so is she, it in a way, let her let them go. And I also think that she's really taken a lot of time over season two to grieve Rula and start to let him go. I especially remember when we were uh, on the island and she saw him in the well. That was a very important point of moving on for her. And that was uh, that was a really special moment for me. John says... How or asks, how do you think Bard Smith will be introduced next season? <laughs> do we need more weapons? Don't make me roleplay Bard Smith. Again. <laughs> oh. Why not? They were so fun. <laughs> oh. Except we'd have to go on another boat to get back to them, wouldn't we? Well, could Keela teleport us there? Right. Well, Bard. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, here's a question for you, Larry's. This is a very good one. Um, Chris asked this one. Fire magic has always been Yaleri's strong suit. How will being horrifically burned change her? Mm, that is a good question. <clears throat> yeah. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I think that's, um, I don't know. I think that's something I'm going to have to sit with a little bit more and like think about um, because, I don't know, those, I think those tensions are, are interesting ones. And I don't think, um, I mean, I just, yeah, as a person, um, she has a lot of anger. And that has often been expressed through that sort of school of magic and, and using fire magic. And uh, I don't know that she's willing to let it go. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think that those things are necessarily going to be as easy as they mm -hmm. might have been before. And maybe that's a conversation that Victoria and I need to have about what does that look like um, going forward? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's... Uh, I think it's something she needs to unpack, too. Yeah. Herself. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, from Klegmer. This is for... Uh, oh, this is for me. Um, how many times have you had to scrap portions, however large, of what you had planned because of what the broads wound up doing? Uh, to be honest... I haven't really had to. Um, just the ending of season two of this season. <laughs> That's not bad. Really. Yeah, because um, I, I really like using modular design where I can have something and it can be wherever you are. So wherever you decide to go, I just can plunk something in there. Um, I have... Because I, I really go by plot points or story beats that I want to hit in each session. And it doesn't matter how I hit them. I just have to hit them. So that's usually pretty easy. Um, the ending of season two just went in a complete different direction. And I can't just... Like when you do a heist and grab 
bagpipes and then plane shift out of there. <laughs> um, I can't just drag you into a war. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! The oh, war is surprise! You landed in the war, right? <laughs> right. Like that'd be that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was a big one. All right. Now you had some questions for me. We did. Yes. So, okay, I'm going to go back and look at the ones that I asked you. Why does everybody want us in their wars? I mean, I don't think everyone really wants you in their wars. It's just like... (laughs) Queen Orphania had to because those bagpipes were attuned to Kila. Right? Um, So she wanted them played. That's all she wanted, was she just wanted someone to play the bagpipes. The only oh. person who will ever want to hear somebody playing yeah, the bagpipes. Right? <laughs> the only gig Keela's ever turned down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yes. That's all she wanted was some bagpipe playing to inspire troops to give them advantage in the battlefield. Um, so that was just by happenstance. Uh, now, the other war with the betrayer, I mean, one could argue that y'all kind of started it by unleashing it into the world. Accidentally. I mean, mm-hmm. it was accidental. How how were you to know, really? And oh, yeah. So, like, no one no one knew. The, even the Hathrens living there in the stronghold, the Vimrani yeah, stronghold, didn't been there know. for, like, uh, it's been there for decades. Yeah. And no one knew. So, I mean... But you were you were kind of the catalyst yeah. to start it. So, you know, people are kind of going to automatically kind of hold you accountable. So, yeah, I think it's I mean, just... It's interesting looking back on season one through this lens now that we know, like, that there's a longer history between the Raven Queen and this betrayer entity. Right. Um, uh, whereas before it was just like... You little fools did a bad thing. It's like, oh no, there's there's a lot more sitting there that we didn't know, which is pretty neat. Yeah. The, so I grabbed a lot of the lore from of of uh the Raven Queen from uh I believe it's Tomophos. Ronan Kanan's Tomophos. Mm-hmm. Um now I've colored it with my own version of what kind of goes on, went on um, because it's not super in depth. It's just like a two yeah. pages or something. So I've colored it a lot with some of my own stuff and the whole relationship with Urfania and Sarah fell. That's not in there. That's just me. Um, because Urfania is supposed to be a hag mm-hmm. in, in the lore. And um, I just don't like, the concept of hags as they are mm. as just women who are powerful and decide to live outside society's demands of them and so they become these evil ugly <laughs> unwanted bitter creatures and i don't like that so i wanted to showcase Urfania as no she's indeed an elven woman who's quite lovely and quite kind and nice and caring for her people. Um, it's just she's been painted in Poorly. another light. I like that. 
Yeah. So I just kind of reworked that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think necessarily people want you in the wars. It's just you happen to be there or tied to something. Um, and so now you're entangled whether you like it or not. Makes sense. I just thought of a question that I, I didn't um, mention previously, but it just came to me now. How did Urfania get her hands on the bagpipes? Or is that something yeah. we're going to find out later? Mm, I mean, I could work that into the game if you wanted me to. I mean, I'd be interested to know because I also feel like looking back on it, that might have been another reason why I distrusted her because it's it seems like a strange coincidence that she was mm -hmm. able to get her hands yeah. on them. So well, I, that is something I'd like to know either now or later. She knew of their existence. And when they uh, showed up in Waterdeep, that was mm -hmm. a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, that was a huge thing. First off, it, they were a key. Second to the big vault full of treasure. Um, and Maybe we should go get some treasure at some point. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should make a side trip back to Waterdeep. I mean, there are other keys involved. It's not the sole yeah, key. Um, and, um, yeah, so the, it's, it's key to treasure. Um, so that was a stir. But people who knew better knew that there was more to them than just the fact that they were a key. Right. And... Um, that caught a lot of people's attention. That was huge. And so her agents, because of course she's she's a queen. She's got agents in major mm -hmm. cities. Um, they managed to take it from the... They, they're the ones who stole it from the Waterdeep guards. I mm. should have known. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they found out that they were attuned to you. And yeah. they couldn't use them after all. So they needed yeah. you. I'm curious now to know who the fuck was Rula and why would if he have uh, but words, why did he have these in the first place? Why? I think Tracy's that's a story arc little, thing. Tracy's yeah. doing little like yep, innocent blinks. No, I, I, I genuinely don't know. This okay. is something that Victoria's taken. I'm doing the blinks of like, I feel like this is something we're going to figure out in the story later. <laughs> yeah, I think this is something yeah, that's part that. of Kayla's, Kayla's personal arc. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question, right. though. Definitely. It's something I want to know, but I was just making a face because I feel like we're going to find it out. Another question. How... Okay, so the betrayer entity wound up in Bronley because of that, like, book thing mm -hmm. that they read. How... Did the betrayer wind up trapped in that? That's okay. What... That's you, you can't know that. Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Can you okay. write these on no. like sticky notes to stick it to your monitor though? Because we right. should be investigating these things. I need so many sticky notes. <laughs> I don't have any sticky notes. I also I need a, a sticky notes that's that note that says um, plot points exist. Though I'm bad at reminding you to, I need to remind you. Remembering things is hard. And we're goldfish. Yeah, I truly, truly am. Forgive us. <laughs> B, were you going to ask something? No, I'm just peeking at my notes to see okay. if I had highlighted anything I didn't understand. 
I, I, ha- uh, I know one of my questions, which was not as much of like an understanding question, was um, how did you choose the Moonshay Isles as our location for season two? Yeah, um, well, I wanted a place that was still full of mystery that Rashomon was. We didn't end up seeing a lot of that yeah. simply um, with how it ended up going because I really, I really followed your lead um, in season two. Mm-hmm. I really kind of let you drive the narrative a bit more than I did in season one. Um, so we we didn't see as much of the land and we didn't have as many NPCs. And so we didn't see the mysticism and the druidism um, that is heavy in the Moonshade Isles. So I just I wanted to go from one mystic place to another mystic place, just a slightly different flavor. <laughs> cool. Um, another one of my questions was, I mean, I know we've we've kind of sort of touched on this a little bit, but uh, can you talk a little bit about how you use the role of prophecies when writing, um, especially when we go off the rails in our decision making? I know we kind of touched on this with the dragons, but we have used, you know, prophecies are still interlaced into the story. I don't think I've ever prophesized anything in this story. Um, Sometimes, because Yaleri's ring does have some kind of stuff but i can't eularius doesn't fully understand the ring they're starting to understand it more but they still don't so mm-hmm. there are certain things that i don't want to discuss about it because mm-hmm. i want eularius to discover them um but not everything's written in stone divination isn't an exact science mm-hmm. um so sometimes i am purposely confusing it, it's easy for me because then it leaves my options open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't go into do too much detail on that because okay. it would spoil stuff about the ring. Gotcha. I feel like we're towing the line of asking questions about things that we're just going to discover over time. But it's we fun. We want to know now. It's fun. Because <laughs> even when you discover a question that Victoria won't answer, you've learned something. <laughs> won't ask that question because you already said it was for season three. Um, I mean, I can, if this is kind of pulling off of Victoria saying that um, you gave us the reins uh, a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. However, you did have to create some very specific episodes to remind us about our magic items. Uh, yeah. What was that like? <laughs> um, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, well, I love a good weird dream sequence or weird bizarro things Mm -hmm. i think they're fun i thoroughly enjoy them and uh so yeah i'll just throw them in for funsies and it also they can just remind you of not not the fact that you have things but it can maybe give you a hint of what to do next yeah i mean it was a great reminder that uh maypri had a dream ring when you 
tossed me into a dream when a whole lot of chaos happened. (laughs) It was kind of a personal question, but yeah, thank you for reminding me about my magic item. You're welcome. But also I thought it was a cool plot line for an episode. You got to learn Uh, a lot about the characters in Maypre too, which is cool. I feel like I need like a visual character sheet, you know, where, where the important things have pictures like the ring and like the wand and the cloak where like there's pictures there. Yeah. I've, I've heard some people say that they like would like to have something similar. Or like item cards that I could like lay out Mm. on my desk. I think what you need is item cards. Yeah. Yeah. There are character sheets that highlight certain things bolder for like, it just makes it more clear, but that's not quite what you're looking for. No, I need, yeah, I just need like a, a series of pictures ooh yeah you can just like print some stuff out and tape it to your mm. wall I don't have a printer oh that's all I got yeah. I know you can draw some stuff tape it to your wall I could try <laughs> <laughs> I could find clip art and try and copy it mm-hmm. I believe in you you have to do a <laughs> wand a ring and a cloak you got yeah. this okay <laughs> thanks we have a question from Yarun asking if we'll ever revisit Rashomon. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look at the camera <laughs> and wink. And there you go. There's yeah, the answer. There's the answer. <laughs> and we did get a couple emails. You know what? Screw it. I'm not. I do remember there also being a question about our note taking. Oh no, what note taking? I right? I, okay, because <laughs> I looked at that and I was like, I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> like, I write things, but it's mostly just, just question marks. Yeah, I write <laughs> random snippets of things okay, and I write them in random places. So it's never in the same place twice. Um, so basically, I'm horrible. And I apologize is mostly the point of of that. Um, I found the question it was under our discussion was with spoilers, and it was just how do you keep notes as players and also for Victoria? Oh, I mean, I just write on a piece of paper, but like the notes are sparse. I highlight questions and names. Um, that's how I remember. Like, so <laughs> to give a, a great example. Who is the queen? Question mark. Orfania? Question mark. Elven history? Question mark. Betrayal. Um, <laughs> at some point, I discuss a mustache. Ooh. Um, and then I Who's highlight this boat is too good to be true. Yeah. See, mm. th- we just did not trust the boat. <laughs> we did not trust the boat. Yeah, and that, that was yeah. the captain of the boat had a glorious mustache. <laughs> oh yes. Sus. Um. I feel like I should just buy myself a dedicated notebook because I tend to put them on whatever piece of paper or notebook is right in front of me at the time. And that's never the same thing twice. I'm guilty of that. (sighs) Though I do have a dedicated broadswords notebook. Yeah, I should get a broadswords notebook. Yeah, that's what I have. I will get a broadswords notebook. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. You can do it. Um, But yeah, that's what I have. But I have... um, 
I have two issues. One is that I'm usually more focused on the game than notes. And the other thing is I have absolutely atrocious handwriting. So sometimes I look back on my notes and I can't read what I, I wrote. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, I have reliable. grocery lists interspersed with work stuff, interspersed with game stuff, yeah. interspersed with like... I have so many <sighs> notebooks like that. <sighs> Am I the best note taker in this group? <laughs> you might be. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. I will take this. Thank you. Yeah, take it. Thank you for this title. <laughs> B is the note taker. Wow. Oh, Good geez. luck, us. <laughs> we have from E L L A Y. Is that LA? LA? I want to say LA. LA? Mm-hmm. From LA? Uh, we have for Victoria. How much backstory do you give your NPCs? Because um, sometimes I fall into a rabbit hole of world building for a single use NPC and get a little sad when the PCs kind of fix, say, on some other aspect of the scene. Does that happen to you? Not generally, but then you did just hear me talk for how many minutes about Queen Urfania, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also or Queen Urfania. Yeah, uh, she's really the only one because, quite honestly, most of the NPCs I just make up when I need them, right mm-hmm. there on the spot, or we bring in guests to play them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've made it easy on myself in that respect. <laughs> when guests come in, have them play the NPCs. Um, There was a question here from Varla that asked, um, was wondering if the players ever prep for sessions. I've seen players with to-do lists with shopping or visit parents, and even this character needs to chat with this character about the subject next session. Um, I get it from an organization point of view, but feel like it takes away from the point of D&D, wondering what your thoughts were. I've never met anybody who's done that. I yeah, want to meet this per- like these people, <laughs> shake their hands or like whatever know, the right? safe so version impressed. is. Wow. We just I feel like most of the time we sit down and I never know what's going to happen in a session. I did make a list for the season 3 premiere of things where I wanted to remember things that Yelarius was probably feeling and thinking about. Mm. Um <clears throat> I don't know where that list is now i don't entirely remember what was on it which was the point of making the list i do feel like i referred to it a few times um but as as a habit absolutely not i am horrible i have little to no executive functioning at the best of times so (laughs) but i really really like i i get what the uh what Varla is saying about like, like maybe getting too bureaucratic about the way you play and maybe losing something in that. But I do deeply admire the idea of having like shopping lists. Cause it, in a way it's something that your character would have mm-hmm. <clears throat> of like have their goals and be like, I really need to get that thing. And occasionally I've come back to Victoria after the fact and been like, Hey, like, while we were at the stronghold, this is what Yularis would have been doing. I, as Kristen, was very distracted by everything else going on. But 
in retrospect, would she have done this and would anything have come of that? And Victoria has been like, oh yeah, that's made sense. And we, and we've worked that out, but mostly that's been after the fact. Um, but yeah, I do sometimes like, cause I feel like sometimes you forget like everything that your character was invested in between sessions sometimes. So having that list sounds like a, a brilliant idea just as like a way to jog your memory about like where, like for us, it's been a few weeks for them. They teleported like a fraction of a second ago. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I think that immediacy is something that appeals to me of like having those lists. Maybe when I get my notebook, Uh, I'll keep you posted (laughs) on how that goes. That's especially true. I think because right now we're recording every other week. Yeah. And sometimes my brain just becomes like a, a chalkboard that's been wiped off in over mm-hmm. the course of two weeks. So, Yeah, for sure. I think I'm lucky in the sense that I can really play true to my character, uh, that if <laughs> I forget everything, it's really fine. <laughs> <laughs> really, really smart of you to make that character that way. <laughs> okay. So now I have some kind of like touch base mid season, mid campaign session zero, session 0.5, whatever we want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kind of touch base. Okay. So I know over the course of a bit, we've added some things to our lines and veils. So let's, let's touch base on what our lines and veils are. So lines... No sexual assault or rape or harassment. No um, derogatory comments about marginalized groups or underrepresented groups. Uh, No uh, saliva. That was added. (laughs) So that was added. Um, No racism. And was that all the hard no's? I think so. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the hard no's. And then we have lines for torture, sex, or sorry, not lines, fails for torture and sex. And anything else? I mean, I'm not sure if it will really apply as much to the broadswords, but when we've been uh, running some of the tabletop games over on Twitch, we've had pandemic references as a veil. Mm hmm. Although that would probably apply a little bit more if we're doing something like, you know, a more of a modern <laughs> yeah. game. But I mean, there, I can definitely like avoid plagues mm-hmm. in in our game. For sure. Um, it's never come up in our games, but it's been a something I've in it's weird to say enjoyed veiling, but like I've been more comfortable adding this to my own veils. Um, animal abuse. Okay, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like my yeah. dog too much to have that in the game. Yeah, yeah. get it really attached to like even the inconsequential. In, I'm doing quotation inconsequential animals. So like this mole rat that uh, is only there to add decoration to the scene, but instantly I'm in love with it, and yes, I'm gonna protect it with all my life, and you can't stop me. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, y'all adopted a baby goat. She is more important than any of us. (laughs) In the end, it's Yaleri Jr. who will save the world. Mm -hmm. It will be. I I deeply believe that Mm -hmm. to be true. (laughs) We will make it happen. Yeah. (laughs) It's now a coming-of-age story for the goat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How Yaleri Jr. became queen. 
Queen of the goats. <laughs> queen of all. Queen, queen of, of all. all. Uh-huh. <laughs> queen uh, of queens. Queen of queens. We've had a lot of queens, but Hilarious Jr. The true queen. <laughs> all right. Um, so then that brings me to what is something that you really enjoyed about last season? There was a lot of bonding. Like, <laughs> yeah. so many vulnerable moments for the characters. Um, just from like a personal perspective, I remember uh, just at least three times where I got to have a moment as Maypri, uh just thanking Yularis and Kila for friendship, for just being there. Because uh, like, heck, they've been through a lot. Um, and I really enjoy just being able to be a little bit more vulnerable. And like, that was really fun. I feel like the relationship between the three of them, when they first met, they... They irritated each other quite quickly, but somehow those traits that once irritated all of them are now traits that they all love about each other. <laughs> getting there. Mostly, you know, getting there. Yeah. That's true. I shouldn't I say think... not fully, but accepting, if not yet embracing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments is when we left the Smith and the two of you had to go like get that money from the you inserted yourself (laughs) you were trying to keep it from you larry's and i think one of my favorite moments is like you don't think that i can be intimidated (laughs) and be like let's go and like that it turned into a group activity which was one of my favorite little jaunts of like that those interactions like trying to pull our heist it was like our proto heist (laughs) right it was it was our practice heist for yeah (laughs) for the bagpipes so i thought that whole encounter was hysterical and like deeply fun for the three of them to do something mischievous and naughty altogether Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Like, the stakes were incredibly high. We just really <laughs> wanted those weapons. <laughs> and also, let's be real, that heist would not have gone well without you, Larry. You can't it just together. would not have. I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking. Like, again, so may Pri and Kayla to be like, yeah, we got this, 100%. Like, no. And they don't. <laughs> oh, jeez. What about you, Tracy? Ah, goodness. Yeah, for me, I don't know if I'd say it was a specific moment, but I think it's more been this gradual, I don't know if I say gradual change, but this change in the season where we've, we've all gotten a lot closer, where our characters understand each other a lot better and, and seeing that understanding and that respect really develop a lot this season. Um, So that's been really important for me from an interpersonal perspective for a personal favorite scene um calling back to something i mentioned earlier was um the scene when we were on the island and and keela looked into the well and told rula that she didn't need him was really important for me in terms of character Mm. growth so Mm. that was a an important one for me too and also just dc was a great guest i was gonna so i have another favorite we okay victoria you said like you didn't get to have a lot of druids but like yeah, May pre-specific experience, a lot of druids um, <laughs> between DC and that island. And then there was the episode with um, Adam Carnival and like 
his absolute fear of druids and just like of course yes. there's a druid nearby like True. i i hung out with lots of druids and it was great and like every single time those were just great great episodes <laughs> i just imagine um may Pri's diary like today i hung out with another druid yes. <laughs> uh, like stick person but you put them in a robe yeah it's my druid yeah. put a flower next to it put a few leaves yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another really fun moment that I just started thinking of, of like the details in my in my head, I might misname some of the things, but the the moon, what was it, the moon something festival when we were in Waterdeep, where we oh, got, yeah. got to float and oh, dance. Man. That feels so and long fight. ago. It does, but I just remember like when we actually had the moment of going into this dance and we all started to float up. I just blew my mind. That was really fun. Yeah, the moon sphere. Mm-hmm. Yes, the moon sphere. Thank you. I'm trying to put into my brain. I feel like that might have been a year ago. Yeah, it probably was at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. That was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, okay, good, good. No, thank you, because now I can know what sorts of things you like and what more things I can bring. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what are some things you wish you could have explored? Hmm. Okay, remind me that I have another question for Victoria later. Write it down. It oh right. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) You kill me. (laughs) You won't remember later. (laughs) You won't. won't. Put Um, it on the back of one of these calendar pages. Okay, so what would I have liked to have explored more? I mean, I, I there's so much to Maypree's ring that has a lot of potential, but I also, like, I don't know if I'm ready to explore it. So, like, mm. Maypree's not ready, uh, but that, I, I also want to learn about the potential and, like, how it can be used. It's just, I worry that it's going to lead back to her homeland and mm-hmm. there's stuff that she's not prepared for. So, like, one thing at a time, let's just handle <laughs> current and then, you know... Focus on other later. So perhaps mm-hmm. that I would say. Okay. Yeah, I think that. Like, I think the ring is a good point of like. I feel like the three of us have been chasing things for a while, and maybe that this sort of break with. Uh, doing what is asked of us at the end of season two is maybe an opportunity to actually have the characters have to sit for a second and ask, what is it that we actually want? What are, what are we actually doing here? Um, and what are we prepared to sacrifice and, and, uh, prepared to engage in and, and what, and why, Mm -hmm. um, instead of just sort of running after, um, running after things that, you know, I think that was sort of like, like Tracy was saying before, a little bit of Keela's arc of like running after these bagpipes only to sort of like come to the conclusion that the bagpipes themselves actually weren't necessarily like the be all end all that she would be okay. Were we to just abandon the bagpipes? Um, and I think Yularis as well is sort of like, 
you know, okay, so she got kicked out of her house and sent to Rashomon and then all of this stuff happened and she found her dad and then she lost her dad and, oh no, some deity is released and there's a war, but now you're running from that and now you're sort of running from that, but you're also trying to help your friend get the stuff. And like, I don't think that they've had a lot of time to sort of reflect on what their motives are and how Mm -hmm. those have changed. Like you're moving so fast all the time that... um, I think what would be really interesting is to sort of have some time to like force them to really, and I think confront some of the things like the, the fire question of like what kind of things have built up over this, this time that have, have changed things or like become like burdens or, or traumas for them. And like, what does that mean for those characters and and where do they want to go and who do they want to be? Okay. So you would like some space. Yeah, I guess that sort of like some some in-character introspection. It's a goal-setting exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's yeah. very helpful. Okay, we can have that. Cool. What about you, Tracy? I've been thinking about this question, and um, the first thing that came to mind was I, I know that in in season two, there was definitely a lot of Keela heavy elements um, because we were on the hunt for her bagpipes and it was important and part of that story to confront her past. But I would have, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, as we go forward, getting a little bit more of Yaleri's and Maypree's backstories, um, especially Maypree's. I feel like that's something we haven't really touched on as much. So that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, something I would really like to see is the thing I'm really looking forward to is, Mm -hmm. is learning a little bit more about their histories and how it affects both of them now. I do think at some point, so yeah, be talk about Maypree's goals, but I think at some point, Ylaris definitely wants to go back to Waterdeep and start fucking things up for her family. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to go back and start stirring the goddamn pot because of that. Think. Goddamn parking violation. Right. <laughs> but yeah, also like I think eventually there's probably gonna be a um a a sort of long fuck things up for your grandfather enough that he uh learns his lesson or runs away or something. I don't know what it would be, but <laughs> like, what is yes. your end goal? She's not done with him. That desk was only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Uh. Okay, so we've got our our wishes. Can I ask you, as the DM, like, what are mm-hmm. your stars and stars and wishes? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, what were your favorite moments? There's so many moments that just, especially when I'm editing afterwards, and I'm just mm. laughing. Um, and those are those. I like those moments where I'm laughing out loud when I've. I'm re-listening to them, and there's there's a moment in every episode that just makes me like just start cackling, and um, I like those moments. Um, just and you not they're not usually like the big, huge, absurd things. They're like the mm-hmm. little things. Like I was laughing in the finale when Yularis was giving. <laughs> Yularis Jr., the pep talk, (laughs) and it was like, I know 
that you have new armor, and it's very shiny, and it's very clanky. I understand that this does look this delights you, and uh, that just just the fact that I know this delights you it makes me so happy. It's like the, just those tiny little moments that just make me laugh, and I really enjoy those. Um, and for things that I wish. Um, more spooky things. I want more spooky mm. again. <laughs> yeah, we kind of got away from spooky, spooky a little bit. We did get away from spooky, and I like spooky. Yeah. So yeah, I'm down. I would like to see more spooky again. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the potential of more spooky then. Spooky, spooky <laughs> too. Spooky. Can I ask that one question that I just realized I had that oh, I yeah. forgot to ask during the question? So I think this is more like a... Um, as opposed to like, you know, player to GM of the game of sort of like a more general, like maybe GM to GM okay. kind of idea. But like in terms of, so I was thinking about Keela's um, experience with Rula in the well, and also thinking about our scenes where you're playing Yulari's mother. And I was wondering about like your feelings, preparation, anxieties about playing really crucial NPCs to a player's backstory of having a moment where you actually have to bring that person to life and, and, uh, invest, um, the, the character in, in that. And I'm just thinking about that because, um, I want to do, start doing some things with some of my players, Mm -hmm. but I'm terrified of like having to pull up these NPCs from their backstories and maybe, screw them up or like not play them the way the player was was uh imagining them so i'm just wondering like your experiences and thoughts there okay well i don't share that anxiety um Mm -hmm. because the way first off well first off i'm always going to be respectful yeah right um i'm i'm not gonna twist things and change things i'm gonna look at the context in which these npcs show up in the characters' backstories and how, and listen to how the player talks about these people. Um, so I'm respectful and I try not to stray too far. But on the other hand, as the GM, that's my job. Yeah. Um, and y'all get to play players, like characters. And then it's the GM's job to play all the supporting characters. So for me, it's that that's the play, that's the character I get to play that session, um, and that's exciting for me because I get to play as a character, um, because I don't always get to play as a character. Uh, so I just I frame it as that this is my character to play, as is my this is my role as a GM. This is who I get to play this session, and I've been listening, and I've I read into the subcontext and the, the subtext of who this person is, or I'll even outright ask players, "Hey, what's your relationship with your mom?" Mm-hmm. You know, just openly ask them, um, and then be respectful and play them out. I don't know if that's helpful. No, I think it's good. I think it's also just like there's a point where you just have to to go for it. Mm-hmm. And 
let it be what it'll be. And if you're concerned after after the game, check in. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, check-ins are good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's our question and answer. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Some questions, some answers. <laughs> we got them all. We did it. We did the thing. We've done almost three years of thing. Oh my goodness. Wild. Right? Yeah, it feels like the past year has been five years. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> that, that's very true. The last six months. Mm, uh, no. Yeah, so next episode will be the season premiere with Tiffany Ooh. Albert and Patrick Rothfuss. Yay! So, yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. See you then. Peace. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.